Oh, uh, I stand here a lot better when she's there. And I was at the 8 o'clock services, and I heard some really good preaching. But before I get off into how great we are, I would like to acknowledge our First Lady, Sister Wilson. Would you please stand? Now, people say great things about the men who do these things. I've been with Pastor Wilson at several places across this city and out of this city. And you know, I'm sitting in services with him one night, and he's got to preach this revival. And he's kind of slumped down in his chair, and he's looking around the congregation. And then his favorite amen walked in. And he kind of straightened up. (laughs) And he wasn't tired anymore. You know, we have to remember our helpmates. And we at New Beginnings have to remember that the First Lady is a big part of New Beginnings. You know? That is the person who God has presented to our pastor to help him help us. And we want all the help we can get. If you brought your Bibles with you, would you please stand with me? Turn to 1 Timothy 5.17. And it reads... Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. You may be seated. I tagged this little message, honor your pastor. Father God, we thank you for yet one more day, Lord. We thank you, Father, for giving us this opportunity to celebrate and appreciate one of your people, Father. We thank you for this opportunity, Father, to lift your name up one more time, to stand in your house, Father, and give you praise and worship and glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you. As I stand here, Father, use me for what you would have me do, Father. Let it be all about you and none about me. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Honor your pastor. You know, in these days that we're living today, pastors and preachers, the men that God has placed in this world to preach and teach us, is being attacked from every direction. Not only from the world outside, but also sometimes from the people inside the buildings. Those that are within the church that they're here to help. Those attacking the man of God, the man God himself has placed here to preach and teach to us. It's causing great loss of respect for Jesus Christ. People are neglecting the pastors. People are ignoring the pastors. People are abusing the pastors. And yes, people are even persecuting the pastor, the man of God that he has placed here. This is something that has seldom happened. We've seldom experienced in civilization. Because of this, you realize pastors are being neglected when it comes to their financial needs. And they quickly desert them when gossip starts to fly around. Now, it don't matter whether it's true or false. They just cut and run. Don't want to be seen around them. Don't want to even let people know know his name. Good to see you, my brother. Good to see you. Very few people care and are willing to support the preacher God has placed in their lives. I have one point for you today, 
And that point is same thing as the tag on this message. Honor your pastor. When I sat down to write this sermon, the first thing I wrote down was, I do not want Pastor Wilson's job. Okay, so don't start thinking I want Pastor Wilson's job. I've seen his job. I've seen him working in his job. I have no idea how this man is still alive with what he do. Or even standing up for that matter. The church is to honor their pastor. First Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. The church is to honor their pastor. The church is to esteem their pastor. Lift him up. Say good things about him. Do good things for him. Show him that you appreciate him. Be nice. It's a, it's a little word. Be nice. The church has to acknowledge their pastor. The church has to recognize that they have a pastor that's worthy of being honored. The pastor is to be held in the heart of every believer. And he is to be esteemed highly. It's not my words. The Bible says he is to be counted worthy of double honor. But there is a condition attached to honoring your pastor. The pastor is to be honored is the one who rules well. The word rule is a general word, meaning to oversee, to supervise, to look after, to take care of, to teach, to pray for, to come visit you when you're in the hospital. I want you to keep that thought in mind because you want to know how he's going to get there. Okay. Keep that thought in mind when you're thinking about you want him to come pray for mama. You want him to come pray for your child. You want him to come pray for you. You know, when the doctor's putting a knife to me, I don't pray to the doctor. And I'm not calling a janitor to pray for me. I want somebody who I know know God. But most important, I want somebody that God knows. It don't matter how much you know God. If he don't know you, you have nothing. The pastor who rules well. The pastor who is worthy of double honor is the pastor who labors and labors hard. The pastor who is worthy of double honor is the pastor who should, who works, and he works hard. He is the kind of pastor you should who should receive double honor because. He has been demonstrating that he is committed to both the church and Christ. Did I remember to tell you I would be talking about us? Every time I say church, you realize that's us. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are part of the church. You do realize the church isn't this building you standing in. And I love it when people say, you know, this building belongs to God. I got news for you. It all belongs to God. You're standing on holy ground when you're in the sanctuary. It all belongs to God. It's all holy ground. It's his. On a little side note over here, I have all the pastor's staff. Is covered by this charge. All of the pastors and ministers, all those guys, they're all worthy of double honor. But there is one pastor that is single out. 
the pastor who labors in the word and in the doctrine, who preaches and teaches, the one that God gave the assignment of planting this church, that one pastor that God will hold responsible for the spiritual well-being of this local congregation, and that is the senior pastor. Where do you get a senior pastor? Where do you go to buy one? How do you get one? We got lucky. God just gave us one. I'm going to just say one or two things about the senior pastor here at New Beginnings. I heard a lot of things about him this morning. I mean, that brother's good. You know, we're talking about a man who changed his family count from three boys to five boys and didn't miss a beat. Now, this don't sound real important, but it does to me because I worked in a place for a long time where I see a lot of young men, lives get destroyed. So looking at him and going, he only took on two boys. You know how many people lives will change because of that? We're talking about a man who spent years and years in school studying to educate himself, to better himself, to make himself a better man so that we, you and I, would reap the benefits. That we would become better believers. That we would learn more about God's word. That we would learn how to apply this in our lives. I've told him on more than one occasion. I'm glad you have a doctorate degree, but the sad part is we get more out of it than you do. The good part about it is we get more out of it than he do. We're talking about a pastor who in spite of all that he do, he still finds time to spend with his queen. You ever run him on Friday? I got to go home. Date night. If you've been here for more than two weeks, you know on Friday is date night. You see, that man still finds time, as busy as he is, to go to special events with his boys and spend time with his boys. We're talking about a pastor who still make time to teach his ministers and his deacons. And I'm not just talking about five minutes here. I'm talking about hours in a classroom. Hours breaking down the word and teaching us how to do it. I'm talking about a man who took time to organize a Bible institute to teach other men to be able to preach and teach the right way. We're talking about a pastor who still finds time to counsel his members when they need it. We're talking about a pastor who has taken his church through three books of the Bible at the same time, comma by comma, line. Well, more than me's been here today. We're talking about a pastor who still makes time to visit those who sick. And those who shut in. We're talking about a man who will take his time to look after us. To make sure that we're okay. See, That is what a senior pastor's like. And I haven't even really left this building. Let's not talk about his other job. Let's not talk about the revivals he preached. Let's not talk about the special events he preached. Let's not talk about the places he go to teach classes. Let's not talk about all that other stuff he do all over the world. Okay, We're just still in this building. It is that same pastor who take the lead in edifying and building up the believers and the church. Here's this pastor that spent hours on hours on hours on his face praying and seeking God's will for this Local congregation. So he knows what to teach to.
to you. So he knows how to preach to you. This in addition to taking the leads and all the other ministries that go on around here. You know if it goes wrong, who they going to blame? So when things are going right, please blame him also. If he is a committed pastor, a pastor who labors for Christ and works for the church, then he is worthy of double honor. Just one more little thing that's not all that important, but we need to address it. There's a word in here that says honor. Honor means more than just esteem and respect. More than, nice suit, pastor. You look good today. It means to pay and bestow what's due. A pastor is due an honorarium. He's due compensation. Some wages for his labor. And I don't mean the kind where you give him the check and he gives the check back to the church. I mean the kind where you give him the check and he actually use it for his family. However, if he performs his duties well, labors for Christ, and works for the church, then he is due a double honor. Is this to be taken literally? Is the church to pay him a double salary? I'm glad that somebody here had the nerve to ask that question. I'm glad that you had the guts to stand up. Thank you, young man, for asking that question. Well, I'm going to answer it with a question. What do God say about paying his ministers? You see, what Reverend White says has nothing to do with it. It means nothing, really. But let's see what God says. The Bible says in Acts chapter 6, verse 2, Then the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Why is our pastor working another job? I said, why is our pastor working another job? I didn't ask that question now. The Bible says in Romans chapter 15, verse 17, it pleases them indeed, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of spiritual things, their duties is also the minister to them in material things. The Gentiles, that's us. The Gentiles, that's the people in this room. The Gentiles, that's the people in this local congregation. The Gentiles, those are the people that pastor preaches to week after week after week after week. The Bible says, in 1 Corinthians 9, 14, chapter 9, verse 14, even so the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 6, let him who has thought the word share in all good things with him who teaches. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians Chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourself. The Bible says, 1 Timothy, chapter 5, verses 17. And 18, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of a double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads on grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. A friend of mine in my library, A.T. Robson states that there are numerous examples of Roman soldiers who received double pay for unusual service. One thing is for sure, double pay means adequate 
pay. Double pay means ample pay. Double pay means sufficient pay. Double pay means a generous financial support. The oxen used to grind our corn is a great example. Oxen have been used to pull a millstone around and around over grain. The oxen was never muzzled. The oxen was allowed to eat as much grain as he wished. For he was considered to have earned all the grain he wished. So it is to be with pastors that God has sent to you. He is worthy of his labor as he grinds and grinds away at the harvest of the souls. He's doing this for God and his church. Not his church, his church. Okay. Pastor didn't plant his church, he planted the pastor is to be given more than enough financial support. He shouldn't have to look around. You know, I was sitting over there one day and I heard my pastor say something that hurt me. He said, I was so broke. I didn't even have an E on the end of the word broke. (laughs) Couldn't afford it. And I thought, how many people in here has this touch? How many people heard what he said? How many people understand what he said? One of the things that came across to me while I was working on this sermon is that when things are bothering me at home that I can't provide for my beautiful bride, it's that I don't sleep well. Well, guess what? Just because he's a pastor, a preacher, got a doctorate, if he can't provide those things for his family, he's not going to sleep well. He's not going to be comfortable. He's not going to be able to work the way he should be working for you. He's not going to be able to do those things that's necessary for you to learn what God wants you to have in your life. And you walk out of here feeling like, I have not got my blessings. Don't miss your blessings. Pray for your pastor. Take care of your pastor. Bless your pastor. Pay your pastor. Pay your pastor. I believe one of the reasons church don't succeed is because they refuse to pay the man that God sent them. It's not about you. It's about God. It's not about me. It's about God. It's about what he wants. He do not send us men to teach us and to pray for us and to beat themselves up and neglect their families so we can turn in the other way. You need to pray for that man. You need to appreciate that man. Oh, this is wonderful to stand up once a year and say, what a wonderful man you are, Pastor. But there are 364 other days. Show him that you care. When he walk away from you, he should feel like it. You know, one of my favorite lines is, when I call my pastor, I don't want him running around the parking lot with jumper cables. I want him to come pray for me. I'm in trouble. I don't just call him just to shoot the breeze. When I call him, I got a serious problem. I knew he was getting ready to step up here one Wednesday night. They admitted my bride to the hospital. Pastor, they just admitted Sister White. He got the church to pray for them right then. Before he did what God told him to do that night. That's the kind of pastor I want. (laughs) 
We weren't even here yet. Baby girl, where are you, baby girl? Wave your hand. She was in the hospital. Big, tall, bald-headed preacher showed up to see her and prayed for her. That's the kind of man you have here. Do not neglect your pastor. As I head to my seat, I pray that I've addressed the misconception of pastors and preachers. They don't just show up on Sunday morning, preach for a few minutes, go home and pray and read their Bibles. Okay? I can't speak for other pastors, but for that one right here, I can tell you, he don't let just anybody walk in here and preach to you. You don't come through the door and say, I'm a preacher. And he goes, oh, there's pulpit. If you're lucky, after a few months, he lets you teach a class. And after you teach that class, if you showed him that you actually studied the word, he'll let you preach. When he get to know what kind of man you are. I leave this thought with you. Scripture has already deplored money grabbing. Just read 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 3. God equally deplores inadequate compensation. My point is simply this. If God ordained that working oxen should be cared for, how much more has he ordained the church to adequately take care of their pastor? God bless you. It's a great day. Hallelujah. Emmanuel, we worship you. Amen. I'm grateful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I'm grateful for my pastor. On a pastor appreciation day, there are many pastors who he could have called in to come and preach from this pulpit. But you chose to let your sons preach. Thank you, pastor. We love you. Amen. I want to thank my mom for being here all the way from Sacramento. Love you, mom. Without her, I wouldn't be here today. I want to give a shout out to my sons, Joseph and Jerome here. Y'all going to help me preach? And I want to thank God for my beautiful wife. Shorty over there is a 10. Shorty right there is a 10. Amen. She's a 10. And I thank God for her. Amen. Amen. Um, let's, uh, let's stand together. Uh, we're going to pray, then we're going to get into the word of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for yet an opportunity to glorify you this morning. God, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, look upon me, Lord God, that you would uh, stand in me this morning, that your words would be preached that you would give me preaching power and preaching permission so that preaching would be done. Pray, God, that you would be glorified and that the people would be edified by your word. I ask the Holy Spirit to go to work now to use me and to open the eyes and the ears of your people. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Stay standing as we read scripture. The word of the Lord this morning comes from the book of Timothy, chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. And it reads, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, you should not muzzle the ox that treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. You may have your seat. I've titled this message this morning is simply Double Up. Double Up. 
So we have here Paul writing a letter to young Timothy, who is the pastor of the church of Ephesus. And he instructs young Timothy on the conduct of the church and the conduct of the pastor. Because just like today, there are many issues in the church. In that day, there were many issues in the church. Chapter 1 tells us that there were some who were teaching a different doctrine. Paul tells Timothy to preach no other doctrine but the doctrine of Christ. You see, just like there's heresy going on in the church today, there was heresy going on in the church in that day. But I thank God that we have a pastor who preaches the unadulterated word of God in season and out of season. And then we learn in chapter 2 that uh, the pastor is to live a peaceful life. And then we also learn about the uh, apparel of women that they are to be modest. And we also learn that women are to be under a man. You see, in that day, you had women trying to rise up and be pastors and trying to rise up and be elders. So then Timothy brings to our attention that it was man that was created first. And man is the head over the woman. Man is the head over the family. And man is the head over the church. Under God, of course, under Christ. Christ is the head. Man is under Christ. Then Paul tells young Timothy that if a man desires to be a bishop, he desires a good thing. But he must be blameless. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle. He must rule his own house well and have a good testimony amongst the outsiders. So it is evident in that day you had pastors living any old kind of way. So Paul addresses young Timothy and says, if you want to be a pastor, this is, these are the qualifications. See, Paul is letting us know through Timothy how the church is supposed to be conducted and how the pastor is supposed to be taken care of. You see, in that day, there were many who had strayed away from the faith. Uh, But we don't have a pastor who has departed from the faith. We have a pastor who preaches the word even when it is not popular. We have a pastor who teaches the word, and he will tell you, if you don't believe in Jesus, you will go to hell. We have a pastor who preaches the truth. We have a pastor who, Sister Nesbitt, doesn't manipulate the people into giving so he can fatten his own pockets. But we have a pastor who teaches the truth. We have a pastor that teaches us to look to the cross, because at the cross... At the cross, when I first saw the light and the burdens of my pain rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight. And now uh, I'm happy all the day. Some of y'all don't know nothing about them old hymns. Then uh, Paul tells us that we are to respect the older man in the church as fathers and take care of the real and true widows of the church. Now here we are at verse 17. Let the elders that rule be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in word and doctrine. Now the word elder could be pastor, bishop, overseer, under shepherd, All of those fit right here. And I want to say here that our pastor is God's man, and he's been sent by God. Some just took up preaching, but this man didn't take up preaching, but he's been sent to preach and teach the word. God has trusted this man to lead his church as he follows Christ. 
And how many of you know that it's not always easy leading this church? It's not always easy leading the church. He has to deal with us day in and day out. And sometimes we can be a hot mess. Sometimes we can have stank attitudes. Sometimes we get ourselves into trouble. And then we come calling the pastor. And he's always gentle with us. In my sanctified imagination, I can hear pastors saying, stop, don't do it, don't go there, no, please don't do it. But we don't listen, and we do it anyway. And then when we get what's coming to us because of our own disobedience, pastor just gently restores us with the word of God. But I know he probably wants to say, I just told you not to do that. But he don't say that, he just... Restores us gently. Amen. Sometimes we want to go left. He has to work hard to lead us to go right. A lot of the times the enemy brings great trials and tribulations on the church. And he has to stand strong in the Lord to keep the church lifted up. I'm trying to tell you what the pastor does, y'all. He puts together trainings and conferences, and he has the Angelos Biblical Institute to equip the saints, and he watches for our soul, and he has to give an account for each one of us. He makes sacrifices for the church. How many of you know that he rules the church well? I said he rules the church well. And because he rules the church well, he's worthy of double honor. We have a pastor who labors hard to preach the word of God. The word labor means to work tirelessly, to sweat, to give all you got. He works hard. He gives everything he has to preach the word to us. He's not a topical preacher. But he is an expository preacher. He walks through the Bible, comma by comma, and line by line. I like this church. And because he does all of that, he's worthy of double honor. What is double honor? Double honor is respect and financial support. We are to respect the man and his position. We are to respect what he says, and we are to respect who he is. He is God's man. He is the watcher of our soul. And when when we talk about respect, I'm talking about obedience, love, and submission to your pastor. I'm going to say that one again. Obey, love, and submit to your pastor. I'm talking about respect if pastors say we going left then we going left if pastors say we going right then we are going we going right if pastors say we're building a campus in the south valley we're building a campus in the south valley i can hear some of y'all now probably saying we moving too fast i'm just happy right here but no if pastors say we going left we going left he's god's man Tell your neighbor, obey, Obey. submit, Submit. and love. love. Talking about respect. Then we need to financially support our pastor. You see, there should not be any need in his life that goes unmet. That word double honor simply means a generous salary. He should not have to have a second job just to make ends meet. But he's worthy of sufficient financial support. The church ought to make sure that he has proper housing, proper transportation. Amen. And see, in, in, the church ought to, ought to also make sure that he has benefits, health care, dental insurance, and even paid vacation. 
You see, everybody want to say how much they love the pastor. But I say, don't tell me how much you love me if you don't show me. You see, I've been married for 10 years, and I love my beautiful wife. But see, I can't tell her I love her if I don't buy her a dress every now and then. I can't tell her I love her if when I get paid, I don't drop a few hundred dollars in her hand some of the times. So don't tell me that you love me if you don't show me. I'm just... (sighs) Hallelujah. Hey, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make this up, y'all. But I looked it up. I looked it up. Look, look with me here in verse 18. For the scripture says, you should not muzzle the ox that treads out the grain. And the laborer is worthy of his reward. You see, Paul takes us to the Old Testament to argue his point. And then just in case Timothy didn't get it, he takes us to the New Testament in Luke chapter 10, verse 7. All I'm saying is we need to pay our pastor. I see how some of you are looking at me. I need more Bible for my theology. Well, in the book of Acts, chapter 11, verse 30, it says, This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Talking about paying the pastor. First Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 12 says, Now we seek you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Talking about paying the pastor. First Timothy, chapter 4, verse 14 says, Do not neglect your gift, which was given through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Talking about paying the pastor. First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 10 tells us in the same way the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. We're talking about paying the pastor. You see, family, you can't beat God giving. For the more you give, he gives to you. Luke 6 and 38 says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and runneth over, shall man give into your bosoms. And with the same measure that you give, it will be measured back to you. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. And as I take my seat. We need to take care of the man of God because he's worthy of double honor. You see, not just on pastor appreciation, but all year long, he's worthy of double honor. He's worthy of a generous salary. And God says it's up to us who are benefiting from his pastoral leadership to make sure that that happens. For the scripture says, never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. For the scripture says, there is one who scatters, yet increases all the more. And there is one who withholds what is justly due, and it results in poverty. The scripture says, a generous person will prosper, and anyone who gives water will, a a, a flood of water will be returned to him. Is there anything too hard for God? You see, when you're taking care of the pastor, you're taking care of God's business, and God will make it his business to take care of your business. When you're dealing with God, he will make sure that everything is going to be all right. Do I have a witness in the room this morning? Is there anybody in the room this morning that's dealt with God? Is there anybody in the room this morning that has taken care of God's business? Is there anybody in the room that has tried Jesus? Is he faithful? Has he provided for you? Has he taken care of you? 
Has he paid your rent? Has he put food on the table? Has he given you the ability to gain wealth? Has he put gas in your tank? Has he taken care of you? Has he provided? Has he provided? Ain't he all right? If he's all right, say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. I know he's all right. All you got to do is trust Jesus. Trust him. Try the man. You see, I tried him, and I found out that he's all right with me. I tried the man, and he's blessed me. I tried the man, and he's paid my bills. He helped me buy a house. He let me buy things for my wife. I tried the man, and he's all right. So all I'm trying to say tonight, this morning, is honor the man of God and trust God and he will I said he will make a way out of no way is your God I can tell you how great my God is he's the reason why I'm standing here right now worship he's worthy of all the praise amen first want to give honor to my pastor I love you pastor new beginnings love you all too good to see here to my beautiful wife, Pamela, I love you, honey. To my kids, Calvin, Cassandra, Karina, and little Cam Cam. Amen. Amen. My mother isn't with us today, but mom, if you were, I love you too. Just good to be here today. Amen. Amen. I won't keep you long. If you would join me, please stand. Coming out of the book of Romans, chapter 10. Verses 13 through 15, amen? Romans, chapter 10, verses 13 through 15, amen? I'll be reading out of the King James Version, so those of you with other versions, bear with me, amen? Romans, chapter 10, verses 13 through 15, and it reads, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I simply want to title this, How Shall They? I got one point for you today, the gospel God. Amen. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, I just pray to you today, Lord, that you'll open up the hearts of your people, God, that they'll receive a word from up on high. And as always, Lord, I'm here to preach your word to convict the sinner and encourage the saint. In your name I pray. Thank God. Amen. Let me give you a little bit of introduction on this text. Good times, good food, and good fun are just a few experiences that I had in my life, brags the unbeliever. I guess when I think about it, I have a good job too. My family life is pretty good. Both my cars are drivable, so that part of my life is good as well. I'm guiding my own path, so says the unrepentant sinner. Until his or her path is interrupted with the trials of life, which include chaos and mayhem. Could anything really be good without God? And when the mayhem and chaos comes in the good times, good food and good fun, good job and good family life disperses, what are you going to replace it with? 
alcohol and drugs get expensive after a while. See, the good friends you used to count on are too busy now and don't return your phone calls or your texts. And to be quite frank, can't guide you out of your mess anyway. You're desperate and you need some help. How shall they, as an unrepentant sinner, get themselves out of this one? I'll tell you how. Because it is the only solution, the gospel guide. Let me give you some background on the book of Romans. The book of Romans was written by the apostle Paul. Paul was a faithful Jewish Pharisee who harassed and oppressed Christians until he himself became one. So what is an apostle, you say? Good question. Let me tell you. An apostle is someone who has been authorized by Jesus Christ to represent him. Now, the book of Romans was written to the Christian church in Rome, which had a mixture of Jews and Gentiles. A Gentile was anybody who wasn't a Jew. Here we are at the beginning of chapter 10 and verses 1 through 3, with Paul making a bold statement by stating that his heart's desire is for Israel to be saved. And that Israel has not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Why? Because they have been too busy trying to establish their own righteousness. KT commenting on the text. Imagine that. Man trying to do it his way. In verse 4, we discover that since Christ fulfilled the law, believing in Jesus is what brings about righteousness. Now, looking at verse 5, we see that Moses, an Old Testament lawgiver and prophet who would lead the Israelites out of Egypt, talks about the righteousness of the law which will require 100% obedience to all of its commands. K.T. commenting on the text says, The problem was nobody could do it except for Jesus. For the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Matthew 5 and 17 says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Continuing on in verses 6 through 8, we discover we don't need to go to heaven or go to the location of the deceased to search out for our righteousness because Jesus came down from heaven. He died on the cross for our sins and has been raised from the dead. All we need to do is to believe in Jesus. This memorandum is written on our lips as well as our hearts. Verses 9 through 10 tell sinners what they have to do to be saved. Confess and believe. You see, we confess with our mouth and believe with our hearts. At last, in verses 11 through 12, Paul says, Anyone who believes in Jesus will never be ashamed. And the gospel is for everyone, regardless of race. Amen? Point number one, the gospel God. And verse 13 says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The first thing I notice about this text, family, is that the gospel is all inclusive. There are no stipulations attached to the gospel about who can be saved. In other words, in other words, Jesus can be preached to any and everybody because Jesus came to save any and everybody. Okay, take comment on the text. The gospel is offered to everyone, but it is forced on no one. For the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. The second thing I noticed about this verse is a choice has to be made by the individual and an action has to be taken you call on the name of the lord and the lord saves you from your sins now let me remind you sin simply is rebellion against a holy god verse 14 and it reads how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed in how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard and how shall they Here without a preacher. Now, after deep thought, I had to ask myself, what is 
A preacher. I mean, we use that term loosely. What's up, preacher? How you doing, preacher, 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 preacher? A.D. Wilson, a great theologian, once during a sermon implied, in this particular context, we are talking about the Greek word caruso, which means to herald the divine truth of the gospel. You see, what we see here, family, is what the preacher's assignment is. Hearing leads to believing, and believing leads to calling on the name of the Lord. You see, the preacher's duty is to tell the sinner and the saint the good news of Jesus Christ. You have the liberty of the word versus the bondage of sin. You see, the preacher, along with the word of God, is like a key to the jail cell that the unrepentant sinner is in. Without the key to unlock the cell, the sinner remains in jail. And the sad thing is, in most cases, the unrepentant sinner don't even know they're in jail. So this amplifies the fact that the preacher needs to preach the gospel and be heard so unrepentant sinners can continue to come to Jesus and be delivered from that bondage. Verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Verse 15 culminates with the emphatic declaration of how shall they preach unless they be sent. You see, preachers are sent by God to tell the world about the gospel of peace. To both Christians and unbelievers, preachers become guides in the word of God. Now, somebody back there says, define guide. You guys been a great crowd? I'll be glad to. A guide is defined as one who leads or directs another's course. One who shows and explains points of interest. Something or someone that provides guiding information according to Webster's Dictionary. A preacher becomes what a guide dog is to a blind man. You ever hear the expression, was blind but now I see? We see this truth play itself out in Acts chapter 8, verses 29 through 36. And it reads, it says, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I? Except some man shall guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And verse 34 says, And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man. Then Philip opened up his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. You see, family, this eunuch didn't have no understanding until a preacher came along as his guide answered his questions and preached Jesus, which helped the Ethiopian eunuch understand what he was confused about in God's word. Getting back to our text, Romans 10 and 15, it says, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of priests and bring glad tidings. In this particular context, the word beautiful paints a picture of the beauty seen in a virgin who's ready for marriage. Beautiful also represents how timely the gospel is. Now listen to me, loved ones. In this particular context, the word preach is the word eugalizo, which literally means to announce good news, evangelize, especially the gospel, bring forth glad tidings, and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now you can understand why the feet the preacher are so beautiful because those feet have been sent by God to be your guide and bring glad tidings, which literally means previously unknown information or news by preaching the gospel, which means the good news. So if the question is, how shall they? The answer is the gospel guy, the gospel guy, the gospel guy. So in conclusion, we discussed how there are no stipulations attached to the gospel about who can be saved. We talked about how 
The preacher's duty is to tell the sinner and the saint the good news of Jesus Christ. Finally, how preachers become guides in the word of God to both Christians and unbelievers. Here's the application. This is what this means to you. As an unrepentant sinner, God sends the preacher to be your guide. To bring you out of darkness to the world of the marvelous light of Jesus. This transformation requires a guide who can lead you on a path that Jesus has set forth exclusively for you. The preacher is also our guide through the trials, tribulations, persecutions we face as Christians by preaching to us the good news of Jesus Christ, which brings encouragement and peace during these times. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Never has there been a man like this. He healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, fed the hungry. He died on a Friday after being beaten all night long. Saturday went by, remember the Sabbath and keeping it holy. But early, I said early, early Sunday morning, he would rise with all power in his hand. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He died so you can live. He died so you can live. He died so you can live. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the preacher so he can be your guide. But Jesus died so he can live. Amen. 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 This is how this thing works. The vision is given to the pastor. He executes the vision. He models it so you can follow it. Amen. He models it. Say that with me. So you can follow it. He models it so you can follow it. Amen. Amen. So please, please honor your pastor. Honor that preacher. Honor the one who guides you through this world. Because he's a man of God. It's honorable to do that. Amen. 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 It may be somebody out there. Somebody who's like this Ethiopian eunuch. Somebody who's reading the word. Or maybe you're not. Maybe you're confused about this world. I want to tell you, you don't have to stay that way. Because God sent a preacher to be your guy. All you have to do is reach out and he'll grab you. See, we're looking for a few good men and women to add to our congregation. The Bible says the labor is plentiful, but the labors are few. If that's you today, if you're confused about what's going on in your life, you don't have no peace. You need Jesus. You see, Jesus is coming to your life. He'll give you peace. You might be like that Ethiopian. But guess what? He didn't have to stay there. He seen Philip. He asked him to join him. So if that's you today, if you're feeling confused about what's going on, just reach out to God's extended hand. It's here. He paid the price. The debt is all paid for. All we need you to do is confess and believe. If that's you today, would you come? Would you come? Don't be shy. Don't worry about everybody else who's here. We're rooting for you. We want you to come so we can celebrate with you. So if that's you, would you come? Come on. Come on. Second, if you say you've been baptized, you're a believer in the word. You're looking for a church home. You still need a gospel guide. You need somebody to help you go through that word. Somebody who can answer those questions you may have. Somebody to help you through your struggles. You need a pastor, a shepherd. Somebody to lead you to the water. Somebody to correct you when you need correcting. Somebody to be honest with you. Somebody to help you. If that's you today, would you come? Would you become a member of our church? We would love to have you. We would love to have you. Finally, if any of these messages touch your heart and you need prayer, would you just stand on your feet? Amen. I see you, my sister.
See you, my brother. See you, my sister. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, for today, those great preachers that have preached your word today in your pulpit. But, Lord, we're all under your great shepherd, Pastor A.D. Wilson. Lord, we pray for these folk, Lord, who are here today, hoping that they've been encouraged today through your word, asking that you be with them and continue to remind them that as long as they got you, they got a chance. Lord, we love you, but we love you because of what you've done for us, not what we've done for you. You paid the ultimate price by sending your son down here to die at Calvary's cross. And we say thank you for that, God. We also thank you for the gifts in the body that you have given us. But we, great, we really thank you for that great servant, A.D. Wilson, God. A man who labors in your word. A man who ministers to us. A man who's a greater servant than most. We just say thank you for him and his queen and his family. Lord, continue to stay with us and bless us. Continue to strengthen us. Continue to allow us to stay focused on building your kingdom and doing your work. For God, to you be all the glory and all the honor forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you.